0: Welcome to Accelerate OC, the only show focused on the people leading innovation in Orange County. Join our host, Kerry Ransom, and his conversations with the trendsetters, entrepreneurs, investors, and leaders here, because it's time to Accelerate OC.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Accelerate OC. I'm Kerry Ransom, and thanks always to our engineer, Paul, for making me and my guests sound so good. Today our episode is sponsored by my friend Jeff Martin who runs Collective Genius and I particularly like having Jeff as a sponsor this time of year. We're in Q four and a lot of the guests I have on here are CEOs and they're thinking about the the year ahead in twenty twenty and, and want to do some off site leadership training planning with their team. And Jeff has a facilitated off site planning program called Peak Planning where he'll lead the, the, the Offsite and help the CEO and team really develop a plan that they can execute on in the coming years. Uh, he's a great guy. If you're interested in learning more about peak planning, hit me up and I can introduce you to Jeff. I'm super excited to have my friend Carrie Breeze here today. And before we get into hearing about his journey, as he started as a software engineer, then became an insurance company executive, and then a tech startup CEO. And we'll talk also about his new venture, NowRx. But before we do that, let me talk to you a little bit about Kerry. He's currently the co-founder and CEO of NowRx, which is, at least I would describe it as a tech startup in the pharmacy experience industry. And they're using better logistics and better data and intelligence and analytics to save the whole industry cost and then also focusing on patients or those of us who are getting prescriptions to improve our adherence to that. And they opened their first pharmacy a couple years ago in Northern California, yet they're led by a team here in Orange County, and they're about to open a new pharmacy here very shortly. And so I'll let him tell more about that. Prior to that, he was the CEO at another tech company here called Genie DB which was going after a behemoth in Amazon Web Services in the database as a service space. And he was also before that an executive of several insurance companies, including a marine insurance company that he acquired outside of a larger financial services firm, the corporate orphan probably uh, type of scenario. And I don't know we'll get into that today, but a great experience and something that I, I've had a little bit of experience with as well. And as I mentioned earlier... He began his career as a software engineer, actually, at one of the big defense contractors, Lockheed Martin. Carrie and I met several years ago. We were both, at that point, in the middle of kind of navigating the respective startups that we were involved with and and had some time to spend together and kind of commiserate about some of the adventures and challenges that ensue. And I really enjoyed those conversations. Great to have him back in here today and excited to, to really talk about what he's up to with NowRx. He's also been a a community guy, and that's always near and dear to me in that he is not just building a business, but he's also really involved in in his community. He's been active with youth sports, something that I also uh, have near and dear to my heart with my kids, and also mentoring other entrepreneurs. And I think that's something that any of us, as we're doing things, want to see where we can uh, pay it forward and give back. So to me, he is the model and the type of innovator that we need more of here, making things happen in his business, but also really moving things forward in the community. It's great to have you here today.
0: Thanks so much, Kerry. Great to see you again. And uh,
1: thanks for having me on your uh, podcast here. It's exciting. Awesome. Well, let's get to the starting line. Uh, I think you're the first person. In fact, I know you're the first person, other than me, named Carrie, to be on the show. So uh, brothers from another mother. That's right. So uh, we have brothers in name. Um, So introduce the audience to NowRx, how it got started, and and where things are right now.
0: So NowRx is uh, a complete rethink of the pharmacy model. Right. You look at other industries. Uh, that have been disrupted by technology. No one's standing in line at the bank anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one's uh, waiting for a taxi. Uh, and yet, you know, all across America, people are spending hours waiting in line at pharmacies uh, for relatively uh, commodity-based products that are mm-hmm. non-perishable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we've completely re-engineered that model based around a free same-day delivery. So customers don't have to go to a pharmacy. The experience is completely remote, hyper-convenient, delivery right to home or office, same day, free of charge. So you get the entire experience, product, and service that you would get from a regular corner store pharmacy, but you don't have to leave your house. And Mm -hmm. we think and have firm conviction that that is where the pharmacy market is going to be in several years. we, We feel... The consumers are going to drag the cut, the industry that way, mm-hmm. uh, but the uh, it's an interesting opportunity from an entrepreneur perspective. I'm sure you can sympathize. You know, we believe the big players in the industry, CVS and Walgreens, you know, they're motivated not to go to that kind yes. of model, right? They want customers in their store, mm-hmm. so that's why we think there's a disruptive opportunity here. Uh, we are using all the latest in technology, so we we really kind of pulled apart. Every aspect of pharmacy, we're using automation, we're using robotics, uh, we're using a lot of software, we're using logistics that you mentioned, Uh, so we have our own logistics platform, our own pharmacy management software, it's all integrated, we have our own delivery fleet uh, and drivers and vehicles, and we operate out of a completely different business model, small, commercial, uh, micro-fulfillment centers based on a lot of automation, a lot of low-cost, low-fixed overhead uh, and then just a lot of software and convenience.
1: Very cool. So you opened, as I mentioned earlier, you opened your first center. I I, I uh, want to make sure I call it the right thing. I would call it a pharmacy, but pharmacy okay. Yeah. Okay. So you opened your first one up in Northern California, as opposed to here, which in in some respects I would I would consider inconvenient, given that you're here and and most of the team is here. So I guess tell tell the audience why did you do that, and you know, what have you learned. From, from that initial?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, you know, we, my co-founder and I had, had worked on another company together down here in Orange County called GenieDB, as you mentioned. We wanted to do another startup. Uh, we looked into healthcare and uh, thought this was a really good opportunity, as I said, you know, uh, uh, some real disruptive uh, potential. And we thought, you know just looking at the industry and the size of market that we're trying to go after we felt the need for getting some big equity uh partners some big deep pocket mm-hmm. v- vcs um there's some venture capitalists in orange county but we thought you know it's a more target rich environment mm-hmm. being in the bay area uh, we always had plans to bring the company down to orange county uh, after some time we wanted to get the model though kind of proven we think uh, you know, Silicon Valley is a good demographic for mm. innovation, a lot of early adopters. Uh, so we thought it was a good community for the service itself to test. Sure. And we're local to uh, a lot of VCs, uh, just more VCs per square mile. And that really is what drove that that decision ultimately.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think what we've seen with several uh, entrepreneurs from here, historically, as often they haven't started up in the Bay Area, but the lure of the capital has often pulled them up there. So it, right. it, it's it's interesting to see you trying to execute a, a, a almost a counter measure by saying we'll we'll go there first, but we have every intention to really build the company here.
0: Yeah, we tried to short circuit that. Rather than kind of getting a test uh, pilot going somewhere else, we figured mm-hmm. let's just go up to the valley, be right in the center of it all. And I think that was still a sound decision. We'd we'd probably make the same decision if we're going to do it again, although, you know, as I'm sure we'll talk about and some of the work you're doing, I think Orange County also has some some pros and cons to it in terms of kind of launching uh, a startup down here. So it's, uh, you know, six, one, half a dozen, the other. But for us, it kind of fell down on the other side.
1: Yeah, that's that's, uh, great. And and I'm I'm happy, of course, uh, as the... uh, host to Accelerate OC to to firmly say this is going to be an Orange County company and we're going to do as a community whatever we can do to to help you uh, in that respect. So you're in the middle of raising some capital for NowRx right now, and you're using a little bit of what I'd characterize as a non-traditional approach with equity crowdfunding. And this isn't the first time you guys have used it for NowRx. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing from a how you're raising capital, and um, really what's what's led you down that path?
0: Yeah, crowdfunding has uh, come a long way since mm-hmm. uh, you know five or six years ago. Uh, particularly the equity crowdfunding, the mm-hmm. so-called reg A. Um, mm-hmm. We got exposed to it a, a couple years back and started to get interested in, in that possibility as an alternative way to raise some funding. Um, And in my mind, it's an interesting hybrid between, you know, what traditionally would be a private company, which, you know, we're all used to and comfortable with how how they operate, how they raise Mm -hmm. money, and public companies, which, you know, you're listing on a stock exchange. Anyone can invest the stock. The reggae equity crowdfunding is an interesting hybrid in between where you're like a private company, but you can sell stock to Mm -hmm. just about anybody. Uh, as long as you follow certain protocols and are on a accredited, you know, approved website and platform, and so we thought it was an interesting idea. We raised a um, million dollars back in 2017. Mm-hmm. It went really well. We found that our concept of of NowRx really resonated with people. They got sure. the idea right. Yeah, anyone
1: away. who's waited in line for two right. hours at a pharmacy is probably. Interested in what you're doing. We got such an
0: enthusiastic response because of that that we decided to give it another shot for our Series A. Mm -hmm. And we were talking to VCs. um, We had some term sheets and we thought we'd try the crowd again. One of the advantages I see, uh, although there's definitely pros and cons, but one of the pros I see with the crowdfunding is you're generally going to get a little bit more entrepreneur favorable terms. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no gotcha clauses. Mm -hmm. Valuations are uh, fair, I think, and reasonable. Um, you're not giving up a board seat, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can maintain control of the company. You're also out there promoting your brand. Mm-hmm. And for a consumer-based service like ours, sure. we thought that had some benefits too. So we raised yeah. $7 million for our Series A, all crowdfunded. Amazing. Uh, again, really enthusiastic response. Um, lots of great feedback. Lots of people saying, hey, when you come into our area, we love the service. We believe in the company. And so now we've got... You know thousands of cheerleaders mm-hmm. for NowRx spread out across the country, and we think over time that's going to accelerate our growth. So uh, we're going out again, uh, doing a Series B right now. It's uh, we've we've selected SeedInvests.com as mm-hmm. the platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, we launched uh, about two and a half weeks ago. We're already a million three and raised money, and uh, it's starting to accelerate from there. That's great. Now, how much in total are you planning to raise for this round? So for the entire round, we're raising $20 million. Uh, we suspect some of that will come from traditional institutional mm-hmm. investors mm-hmm. And, and some from the crowd. Um, we'll see how that goes. It's uh, As you know, crowdfunding is a, a process. It's sure. usually a four to five, a six-month process, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, so the pre-money valuation is $65 million. Uh, we're going to do about $8 million in revenue this year, which is up about uh, 70% over last year. So mm-hmm. we're on a good growth trajectory. We're opening up in Orange County, and uh, we think we're starting to hit an inflection point. So uh, $20 million Series B is to really accelerate that forward, uh, go into the rest of the West Coast with our service, uh, reinvest in our technology, uh, some of our automation technology, push that further, mm-hmm. and also ramp up uh, some of our direct-to-consumer advertising.
1: That's great. Let's go under the hood a little bit more. I've got a couple more questions. So this this may this first one may be a little bit controversial. If you do end up having a Series B that is partially crowdfunded and partially institutionally led, do you anticipate that all those investors will have the same terms?
0: Good question. Don't know at this point. A little mm-hmm. too early to say. Um, there is a possibility of doing a side-by-side uh, round where we would have a crowdfunding Round and we would set up a separate series, a B one, call it with, mm-hmm. with different terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something we're considering. You know, for the right partner, uh, we could certainly uh, do that, and uh, I think that would make sense to all investors. Obviously, we want to keep everyone uh, on as much pari passu as we can. Sure. Uh, so we'll we'll play that by ear, but it, it's a good question. It's interesting. You know, this is a new realm. Yes. And as these bigger and bigger equity crowdfunding rounds. Uh, become more commonplace. I think you'll start to see a lot of different varieties of of what you're tr- what you're describing. You know, part VC, part institutional, part strategic, part crowdfunding. So sure. I think it's a little bit uh, too early to tell how all of that shakes out.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a fascinating scenario, and and I'm anticipating all, the next question I'm asked is: Do you believe that this Series B will be your last, or do you anticipate? In a business like yours, that you're going to to need additional capital down the road.
0: We're we're definitely uh, targeting more capital raises after this. Uh, in fact, I think the raises will get larger. The next move for us, this mm-hmm. this round, the B round uh, that we're talking about, will will get us to the West Coast. Uh, but to go national, we sure. do anticipate a a large round, most likely institutional. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be as high as $100 million sure. uh, to take the company na- nationwide. Again, we think the the market size is so massive. This is a $400 billion industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no being successful uh, at a small level in pharmacy, sure. which sure. go big or go home. Yes. So, yeah,
1: no. totally makes sense. Yeah. The, the, and part of why I teed up that question is, is I was just literally earlier this morning having this conversation that the, the venture pathway is a somewhat – fascinating and and I think many will argue still somewhat broken one in that the next round is really generally going to dictate the terms. And if the prior round dictated really unfavorable terms, that could prevent you from that future round. And so you have to always navigate that appropriately. And I don't know that there's often enough conversation out there about that. But as I think about equity crowdfunding often those aren't the folks that under, really you're going to deeply understand that. So that obligation probably falls on you and and your advisors and counsel to make sure you're fairly treating them, but also not hurting your chances of, of seeing what you already see in your future. Uh, because that, I anticipated you were going to say you're probably going to need significantly more because yep. there is a lot to... What you're talking about in your business with logistics and robotics and a fleet and that that has some capital intensity to it versus other types of businesses for sure yeah
0: no doubt uh, i think you're touching on a lot of uh important concepts I, I would say that uh the equity crowdfunding has come a long way so for example we're on this platform called seed invest yes. and seed invest i'd like their um their business model their licensed uh broker dealer uh, but they very clearly have a mission statement where they are putting themselves on the side of the investors, mm-hmm. and so they do a lot of due diligence. Uh, they bring in third-party companies to mm-hmm. do additional due diligence, and they um, there's quite a bit of negotiation with their investment committee, with the uh, mm-hmm. seed Invest investment committee, about terms of the round, mm-hmm. investor rights, mm-hmm. um, and actually for this round in particular. We worked very hard making the round um, more conforming Mm. to what a a VC-type deal might look like, Mm -hmm. Uh, still in a very fair way. Hopefully, uh, you you alluded to how the model is sometimes broken on the VC side. So Mm -hmm. it's a very clean deal, uh, but it is somewhat conforming in terms of investor rights and things like that. And the communication about future money raises and things has also been – we've been very transparent about that as well. Uh, both in partnership with Seed Invest and just just direct with our our investors. So, you know, I I do think we talked about this a little bit before we went on air. You know, I think we're right now about maybe where equity crowdfunding is about five years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, I suspect in another five years, I think it's going to be commonplace. I think it'll become more standard, just another alternative way to raise money. Uh, Some rounds for companies will be crowdfunded. Some later rounds will be VC. I think now we're in that uh, transition stage where not everyone's exactly sure how it all shakes out. And some institutional investors are lining up on one side. Some are on the other side. Some of the unaccredited investors are similarly aligned. They're not sure what to make of it. Uh, But for one thing, it's for sure you now have an incredible opportunity for unaccredited investors to get into deals that historically were only available to VCs. So I think that's the overriding theme that yes. I think is a real positive.
1: I totally agree with that. And I think the the place where it's particularly compelling is in a business like yours that has a, a consumer story that they can understand. Uh, my last startup. We looked very seriously at equity crowdfunding, partly because we had a, it was a consumer mobile bank, and everybody understands. Just like you were saying earlier, people are not waiting in line at the bank anymore if they can help it. And we felt like giving them access to own a, a part of the bank that many of them were using as their primary depository institution was was a compelling option to consider.
0: Right. Uh, I get asked a lot – I get approached a lot by a lot of entrepreneurs and even VC firms and and other, you know, seed investor-type funds about, uh, you know, is crowdfunding right for their particular company. And I do tend to advise that, you know, if you have an idea that really resonates Mm -hmm. with people, you can explain it quickly. There's an aha moment within 10 seconds that's a good fit for that's crowdfunding. It. If you're, you know, doing some, uh, AI infused, uh, you know, neurobiology, <laughs> sure. you know, uh, startup, it may not play that well in the crowd, yep. you might, but then you probably will have more to say to a VC about defensibility and things like that. And so, it, you know, it may point you better in the VC direction. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's a. I I think that's a great point. And, uh, certainly this will be a, a really neat story to follow as, I think, once again, illustrating that we have folks in Orange County who are leading the way in so many different areas and so many different industries and even just embracing something like an equity crowdfunding model, which, to your point, there are some people that have done this, but um, it still is is largely unknown and unclear to uh, the, the masses as to where where these will shake out. But, but certainly, uh, as I said, with a business like yours, I think this totally makes sense. And it's been exciting to see you guys have su- success like you have. Thank you. So Carrie, why choose the pharmacy business? I mean, you, you know, you've done a lot of things. I talked about your, your history and, and, you know, equivalently I have done a lot of things and been in a lot of industries as well. Uh, you know, I'm sure after GenieDB, you looked at a lot of different opportunities. What what was it that led you to this is the thing we need to go, or I need to go do?
0: Yeah, we were my co-founder and I were were convinced of two things. We really wanted to do a startup together again because we we just uh worked so well together. Mm-hmm. Um and that's critical, that chemistry of a team. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. is as you know. Um and we dovetail really well. I've got a bit of a hybrid background as as you've alluded to. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I've got some technical background and some business and my co-founder is you know, technical with, with some business as well. So we, we just, we really talk and merge and complement each other. So we are convinced to do another mm-hmm. uh, startup together, and we both were convinced that healthcare uh, is the way to go. Mm-hmm. We wanted to try to, you know, impact the community sure. in a positive way. It seems like there are a lot of antiquated and, and uh bottlenecked, um, uh, processes and things in healthcare, mm-hmm. no VCs have really had a lot of success, uh, disrupting the market and it just stuck in our crawl. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, really I was just, uh, we were, we were in whiteboard, you know, we were in a room whiteboarding for a couple of weeks and, uh, going through a bunch of different ideas. And I just happened to be go, go to the doctor during that mm-hmm. kind of, uh, inventive time mm-hmm. Uh, So I had all these ideas flowing through my head as I'm driving around. And I went to the doctor. I got a paper prescription (laughs) for pain medication in my knee. I drive that piece of paper across town to my local CVS where I proceeded to stay in three lines. Mm. One, just to hand off the piece of paper. Then I sat down again, waited another 10 minutes, got up, paid, then sat down again, got up again, got my medication and stood in line for the pharmacist. So Mm. I called my co-founder, Sumit. I said, I, you know, this is just madness. How come no one has fixed this yet? Yes. These, these are non-perishable items. You know, we can communicate via mm-hmm. phone now, mm-hmm. and I can get a pharmacist consultation via video chat. Everything's going delivery. Why is this still a thing? And he said, I cannot believe you're telling me about pharmacy right now. This is while I was standing in line at CVS, yes. where, like walking out. He said, my wife just walked through the door complaining about her experience at the local pharmacy. Wow. And she's never mentioned pharmacy to me before either. And we just hashed out the business plan mm-hmm. in, you know, five minutes on the phone. And then the first thing I did was, you know, try to shoot it down, right? So sure. I went through my network really quickly and LinkedIn, who knows anything about pharmacy? I certainly don't. Uh, and we, we sketched out a business plan and we ran it by as many people as we could find And the more people we spoke to that were experts in the industry, the more encouragement we got. That's great. And everyone just said, you know, there's no reason this can't work. Yeah, there's a lot of regulatory hurdles. You have to do a bunch of things to get around that and build some technology to really make the margins work. But we see no reason why this wouldn't work. And that just got us more and more excited. And honestly, within within 30 days my co-founder had moved up to the bay area we'd raised about a million dollars from friends and family and we were standing in a warehouse the two of us in mountain view uh getting ready to start a pharmacy
1: amazing great great founding story and and glad to to have it on the record here to share with with the community is i think there's just so much to be learned from that um particularly the hey we we have an idea but let's go share it with others before we really put all the time in i find that far too often somebody keeps it to themselves and uh won't won't go really validate or invalidate it uh to that level so you know, that's I think- a good
0: point carrie um you know the people talk about hey if there's a few competitors it's actually a good thing yes but a lot of entrepreneurs really have a hard time with that one okay. i myself had a hard time with that one You know, we did see a few competitors that were out there that had thought of a similar idea, but it is true. Like that, that is good validation. You should listen to that. Absolutely. You you want to have a few other competitors out there trying to validate the same thing. If you're the only one and you're keeping it to yourself and you're not running this by anyone, you want to really think carefully about that. That's right. Yeah. I think that is so, so poignant in that uh,
1: even when I meet entrepreneurs and I ask them about competitive landscape and they say we don't have competition I either get really concerned about the opportunity itself or I get concerned about them as the entrepreneur that or both or both that, that, that <laughs> there's something there's something because I, I feel like in yeah. almost all cases there's yeah. there's an alternative or there's a, a competitor pretty
0: rare situation that you're the only human in the world to think of that idea that's right that's
1: right so you're you're building it here in Orange County. I've I've got uh, you on here to be able to really talk to our community. What what do you need, and where can the Orange County community be helpful to now and you and the team at this point?
0: Well, I'm really encouraged by Orange County. It, it's got so much potential. I mean, I'm I'm preaching to the converted, obviously, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know everything you're doing to build awareness of startups in the community is so valuable. We're trying to build a national brand. Mm-hmm. We're, we're doing it by territory by territory. We have to, we're limited in resources. We sure. can't be in 50 cities overnight. Uh, and so, um, you know, I think two things, you know, just you know, building awareness that there's a new service and a new model and they're, you know, trying to reach out to those early adopters that are out there in Orange County. Is you know an interesting thing, and how do you go about doing that? Mm -hmm. And um, so, that's one thing that I'm starting to think about. And I brought in a mutual acquaintance of ours, uh, Mike Rosenberg, Mm -hmm. who's uh, really Mm -hmm. starting to work with some uh, talented people and coming up with some ideas around kind of creating that virality, that guerrilla marketing, Mm -hmm. getting that Mm -hmm. uh, word of mouth going that hey, there's a new way to go to your pharmacy, it's not like it used to be for the last 30 years. Uh, So that's one area. And then the other area, I think I'd I'd just love to see more investment and investors and venture capitalists, you know, continue to support Orange County uh, startup companies. I think there's so much more potential here with all the wealth and innovation centers and universities that I'd love to see just a community, not just for my company, but for all startups in Orange County. Like we, we really could use a more cohesive, organized, you know, venture community. And I, I don't really see a reason why it hasn't really taken off. I mean, there's some movement in certainly, you know, Silicon Beach, as they say. Yes. Uh, but down here in, like, you know, Orange County proper, Irvine's a great financial center. Uh, you know, you'd, you'd expect to see more. Um, so I'm not sure how to affect that, but that's one of my wishes.
1: Well, one of them is is to be here. I, I think we, we've got a good story. We've got a good mature and proven team that's come together to really build a a company of substance here and we should be taking that to the the people here and and really make this you know in many respects a, a i'll call it an orange county party round let's let's get some some of the folks who are yep. are here involved and uh know yeah, i think that's where it starts is is we think about the idea of you know, coming together around it
0: yeah. And I think that's a great combination. You know, you can, you can make an investment in the company, you can experience a service, you can, uh, you know, those, those two factors together make a very powerful mm-hmm. community involvement. Um, and uh, we'd love to see that. That's great.
1: Well, Carrie, uh, Paul uh, has now given me the, the sign a few times here. Uh, I, I'd love to continue this conversation uh, and we, we certainly will. And I think, you know, as a, a, community here we want to follow along with the NowRx story but to wrap up for today one of the things I always like to finish with and and you've been a part of a lot of different companies and and have a lot of experience in your career what what's the one thing you'd love to share with our audience other entrepreneurs that are trying to start or build their companies here in Orange County what what's the one thing you'd like to leave them with that, that's been a lesson or or key point of wisdom you you have to share
0: well one thing I uh, always try to focus on. And I I do advise uh, early entrepreneurs uh, in this manner. Um, I think it's important to really focus on the business model, whatever idea you're chasing. I I tend to see people focus on the tech Mm -hmm. uh, and think if they build it, people will come. Mm-hmm. especially in healthcare, mm-hmm. I, I've seen a lot of that. And healthcare has got some complexity. There's different pay- payers. and Especially in the business model. Yeah, there's providers, there's payers. It's almost never the consumer that's paying. So mm-hmm. Right, so trying to narrow focus on that uh, business model. Who's going to pay you? How are they going to pay you? How are you going to get to them? How are they going to react? Uh, how do you make that profitable? All of that, I think, uh, doesn't get enough focus. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll put you in good stead as an entrepreneur if you've really put the time in on the business model.
1: That's great. Well, Carrie. thank you so much for joining me here today on Accelerate OC for sharing your experience and wisdom and introducing us to NowRx. And it's really exciting that you're building such an innovative company here in Orange County. Certainly wish you and the team all the best and consider the Accelerate OC family a, a resource to all of you as, as you continue forward. You're definitely doing your part to Accelerate OC. Welcome to the family.
0: Thank you. It was a pleasure. You've just listened to Accelerate OC. Join our live recordings every Tuesday morning at AccelerateOC.com or listen, like, and share anytime from your favorite podcast spot. Let's Accelerate OC together.